0: All right. Welcome.
1: Welcome to episode number five.
0: Yep, of the uh, We All Know Nothing podcast. Yeah. Um, and I guess if you are. This is your first episode, I recommend going back and listening to all the episodes. Um, we've kind of done them in a specific order to kind of.
1: Kind of lay out the fundamentals. Yeah, kind of lay
0: out this story. Food is kind of the least of our worries yeah and today's podcast
1: will be focused mostly on like what we do and don't eat and why we why we do that
0: and really the circadian aspect to diet yes and also how it pertains to light i hope to kind of get across yeah a which lot of is this. why
1: we had to do podcast two through four laying up and sunlight and deuterium and things like that
0: yeah, so go back and listen to all those deuterium. You know, is it, we kind of covered a lot of food on that, so I mm-hmm. don't know if we're gonna go to too much detail on, on the
1: science of it
0: on deuterium. Um, on this, we might yeah just talk about what foods are high in deuterium and whatnot, um, and the seasonal approach to eating these foods. You know, and how um, your body
1: is able to process it then.
0: But some things I wanted to um,
1: clarify, or new information came out, so we wanted to just make sure our listeners are up to speed with the latest that we know.
0: Yeah. So I had recommended going to DD centers um,
1: for deuterium depleted water. Yeah,
0: and I found out new information. It's like I, I had said and was kind of you know, careful.
1: Trepidatious, yeah.
0: Um, giving advice on that. But, you know, I found out they require you to get two tests that are $700 each. Oh, God. They charge you $250 for a mask, a breathing mask, that um, supposedly you breathe out deuterium-depleted water and then the idea is you recycle it when you breathe it in. But the mask costs like $45, so then they charge 250 And it seems pretty unethical, especially since the tests that they make you... Um, take before you can buy their water. Um, They're a lot, not that
1: like. The community that
0: I'm in is very skeptical of if they work. or Yeah, not. like the
1: validity of it.
0: And like I said, I, I think the MRI is the best route, but it's very difficult to really test deuterium levels in the body. Um, really, uh, last podcast was just kind of laying out ideas and uh, like. How to get
1: started, How, of, the research to you should start doing on your own.
0: And I'm not really focused on my deuterium levels, just the ideas of living. It's in, almost like a framework of, I do this because I know.
1: The downstream implications.
0: Of what it does with deuterium. And I mean, deuterium is just a fascinating new New frontier, really. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to develop a lot over the next few years. And there are people working on ways to make water cheaper, um, deuterium depleted water cheaper. And that'll be huge if you can buy deuterium depleted water for like tenth the price. Yeah. And just keep an eye for that. I mean, um, even if that happens, the public's not going to rush to using it. But if you know that it's a big deal, then you can take advantage of it yeah so hopefully things develop on that front um if you wanted to do deuterium depleted water i'd recommend preventa Uh, they have a distributor in california they are from budapest yeah Yeah, that's kind of where deuterium depleted water came from at first the research yeah and that's like the only other place that depletes deuterium besides dd centers and just to reiterate if you do decide to use deuterium depleted water Lower is not better, always. Um, they Preventa does sell 25 parts per million, but you have to be really, really careful going that low. I would never go that low. Uh, I would stick around 100 to 120 parts per million. And maybe if I was sick, I'd go to 85. And Preventa, so let's do the math here. Preventa, 65 parts per million water is $16.47 per bottle which comes out to 197 per case. It sounds expensive but compared to you know other uh, modalities even juicing is more expensive than this. What I would do with the 65 parts per million is split it 50/50 with regularly regular good water and then this stuff so you would do around, let's say the water you're drinking is 140 parts per million. You would add 65 to 140, which comes to 205, and then you divide that by 2 because you're splitting it um, 50-50. So it puts you around 100 to 105. And I, that's, that's what my recommend, that's what I would be doing if I was drinking deuterium-depleted water. The 65 parts per million, 85 parts per million, and split it 50-50 with the water you're drinking. Gotcha. So that's who I would go to if I was to But we de- do
1: want to de- reiterate de- de- that like the the story is not about the water you're drinking. It's about the water you're producing. So mm-hmm. unless you're really sick, it's most likely not worth the investment to get deuterium-depleted water. You do want to focus on this podcast, though, of how you de- like deplete deuterium from your diet... And then as well as fixing your circadian.
0: Well, we had iterated it's not about... It's not even just diet and drinking water. It's really the circadian aspects, avoiding EMF.
1: Yeah, getting some
0: weight. It really comes down to everything we're talking about for mitochondrial function. Right. And this melanopsin, I think... Which
2: we'll get into. You're going to hear that a lot of melanopsin
0: in our podcast because it is something that's really fascinating to me and I think comes... Is a root cause of a lot of things.
1: One message I do think that Jack gives off that I want to reiterate here is if you are really sick and you're still living in the environment in which you got sick in, you're not going to get better. Mm
2: -hmm. You need
1: to get into a different environment. Because whatever caused you to be sick is still going to be there, even if you drink deuterium-depleted water. Even if you change your diet, those environmental stressors are still going to be there. So you do have to change your environment if you're extremely sick.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Deuterium isn't always bad. It's bad when it's in the wrong places at the wrong time and the wrong ratios. And these are controlled by circadian mechanisms and sunlight and The reason why we say you need to move away from a bad environment is because there comes a point where no amount of deuterium depleted water is going to help you. And in the last podcast, I said that deuterium, you know, I kind of phrased it as a cure for everything when really I was more laying out the complexity of our biology and how it works at the smallest scales to iterate that there's probably no cure coming ever because if it did, it'd act on deuterium and deuterium depletion. But these systems are so complex. They're controlled by light and nature and the infinite complexity. Uh, and I just don't see ever being able to recreate that with any sort of technology or a pill. So really the message I want to get to you is you need to reconnect with nature, you need to get sunlight, you need to ground, you need to protect your eyes, you need to perfect your circadian rhythm, you need to move away from bad environments and away from other people that are using and abusing the wireless technology. Um, and if you do get sick, you have some ideas and you're not clueless to um, why this is happening, and what you can do is take a trip to Mexico. Um, Get strong solar light, and you can use deuterium-depleted water as a tool, but the ways to deuterium-deplete naturally and control these tightly coupled systems that control the deuterium in your body is what you you should be focusing on and not the deuterium-depleted water itself. The Um, other thing
1: we wanted to set the record straight on is we used an incorrect name,
0: Okay, yeah, Micha- Michaela, right, yeah,
1: we said Michelle Peterson instead of Michaela Peterson, yeah,
0: so and we met Michaela most people are weren't going to catch that, but she's um, Jordan Peterson's daughter,
1: right. So she does have like quite a bit of a following.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, there might that. be a few people that caught that, but yeah. not a big deal. And then there's one uh, I had made some recommend, like we had talked about not drinking over drinking water um and said like Dr. Lazo Boros doesn't drink any water. Mm-hmm. I'd be very careful to like, not drink enough water like yeah. I think that's kind of Kinda reckless crazy. advice <laughs> yeah um, you know drink when you're thirsty just my main point of that was just don't force a gallon of water because you think you're gonna lose weight that way just so drink just really just drink really good water and drink when you're thirsty yeah um, but yeah let's get into this let's get into um, our
1: food and diet podcast so so the first thing you wanted to start with is leptin and melanopsin.
0: Yeah, so really the focus of diet should be in like... It's becoming more of a like word. There was a Joe Rogan episode that was primarily on leptin. And oh. two guys pretty much argued back and forth what caused leptin resistance. Mm-hmm. It's kind of becoming like the new... Like what's causing obesity? Sure. Is this leptin, which yeah. is a hormone and diabetes. for fat metabolism... And the leptin receptor is in the hypothalamus in the brain. And that's also where your SCN is. It's in the hypothalamus. and Which one again thing, is your
1: super, super cosmetic nucleus, which sets every biological clock in your entire body.
0: Most of the diet people don't realize, or the food guys don't realize, that leptin is tied to melanopsin, the blue light photoreceptor.
1: Which is in our eyes and Which our makes
0: skin. a lot of sense that... There's circadian aspects to um, diet and how we use fuel our metabolism because uh, how you what you eat um, how you how much energy you need and everything's going to change based on the solar spectrum as the seasons change if you the quantum
1: yield changes went from
0: living on the equator to the very northern latitude it's going, you're going to get all this information from the environment and your body's going to adapt and make heat differently. You know, you have to make more heat to survive.
2: In northern uh, latitudes. You might
0: not be, you're not getting the carbs that you would at... Um, Lower latitudes. The high, yeah. Like a big thing people are missing is the circadian aspect of diet. And that's why I really got my attention from Jack Cruz because he was the first one and the only one I know that's talking about the circadian aspects of diet, which make complete sense to me where it's like, you wouldn't be eating the same thing year round. Um, Things change with the spectrum of the sun and the seasons and what's growing in your environment. So it takes paleo to like the next level that needs, you need to go to, to really get to like what's how we evolved and what's natural so a lot of it's just common sense yeah you can I'm, I'm gonna try and keep it simplified because the leptin and stuff is really complex and maybe an entire episode will be dedicated to that in the mm-hmm. future and i don't feel qualified enough at this point to really speak about it but i recommend checking out jack cruz's work his leptin rx um his epio epipaleo rx book Um, You could just type his name in a Google search box and type in leptin and.
1: Something will come back.
0: Learn about leptin resistance and all of that. Yeah. But it just makes complete sense to me that um, fat metabolism, which is controlled by leptin, is tied to the blue light photoreceptor. Which, this gets into a lot of the things we do to control circadian rhythm with our light and stuff. And the blue light
1: blockers and, and all that.
0: And what you eat, you know, calories matter, I think, when you're leptin-resistant. When you're sensitive leptin-sensitive, you can eat whatever you want. And, you know, like, what we've noticed is, like, food, we can eat whatever we want, yeah, whatever I we Yeah, and don't want. really
1: gain weight
0: when it's in the right, you know, like when we're in the summer, we eat way more carbs. Yeah. We can get away more with sweets. a lot more. In the yeah. winter, we kind of button up. Um, this year, I think I'm going to do a lot more carnivore and keto. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: just to kind of make up for being in a higher EMF environment.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so leptin's tied to this melanopsin blue light photoreceptor. And what causes melanopsin or or leptin resistance is pretty much circadian disruptions. And it can be from food, and it can be from um, staying up late at night, getting blue light in your eyes, uh, from EMF if you're in a bad environment. Because anything that breaks this weak covalent bond between melanopsin and vitamin A causes free retinal and this free retinal destroys um, it causes ha- it wreaks havoc on all your photoreceptors and pretty much um, causes chaos in your clocks your mechanisms because we have these trillions of clocks the SC that um, well the SCN is the main clock and that receives information from the eyes it's skin. directly connected to your eyes and then your skin, your gut, everything, all these things are also tied to the SCN and all these peripheral clock genes. So it's just really easily
1: destroyed. It's and easily really, messed yeah. Up. Unfortunately, especially yeah.
0: in humans, mm-hmm. because we have the weakest covalent bond of
1: any mammal compared
0: right? to like we do all these lab tests on rats, but la- they have um,
1: strong covalent bonds because they're nocturnal.
0: Yeah. So if something's um, giving rat cancer,
1: it definitely will give us cancer.
0: <laughs> there, yeah. There's more concern in humans, unfortunately, because we're so sensitive to light. Um, yeah. But also, your food can also confuse those mechanisms because there's circadian aspects to the food, food you eat. Yeah. Because if you're eating all light is food is all food is light. <laughs> And um, light is a photon, is energy that gets stored in the electron spin. And when we eat that food, we're taking in those electrons, stripping the electron. Yeah. So our mitochondria are deciphering the information from the food we eat in this strange way. Mm
1: hmm. So again, if you're eating food that's from a different latitude, not only and you're leptin resistant, like not only are you storing more fat, but you're also confusing your body on another circadian level. So that's gonna be a recipe for disaster.
0: I guess I just want to iterate. Like, I don't understand the complexities of this. We're gonna do a whole podcast on leptin,
1: right? (laughs) Well, maybe down the road, more research and
0: yeah. I mean, as I connect more dots, I'm just pointing out like, kind of my focus. And to give some people like kind of a broad overview, I'm not pretending to know the absolute details of this. Yeah. I'm just, I was more so curious more, for myself. Yeah. Of,
1: I, I am not well versed on leptin. So I just wanted to understand at the macro level, like how is this causing problems in our body? And I think you answered that question for me. Like it, it messes up the way that your body stores fat, which is immensely huge in obesity, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not leptin-resistant, you're most likely not overstoring fat.
0: Um, so I guess we could talk about, this you know, are, a lot of this comes, yeah, as Jack Cruz recommendations because he's really one of the only ones talking about this. So uh, he's the one I'm going to follow for advice. Mostly on this because topic. Because he really is an expert on this. And so I follow his, uh, I've changed my own diet because of his <laughs> recommendations I think the most important thing I want to emphasize on this podcast is the timing of eating. Because that's kind of like my new obsession of like
2: yeah.
0: when to eat and when not to eat. Um, and really only eating when the sun is up. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Pepper joined us.
0: Hey,
1: hey baby.
0: I wonder if they can see the, that camera. I know.
1: I wonder if they can just see your ears um, or something pop up.
0: So one thing we do is we eat 30 minutes within sunrising. You know, we go on a walk, get early a.m. sun, then we have a big breakfast. I've switched to eat, trying to have my biggest meal in the morning. It's really high in protein and really high in fat.
1: Um, yeah, we typically have eggs and sausage and bacon.
0: And we'll talk about the things we eat oh, yeah. later on. And then um, also being done eating... So only eating when the sun is up, Mm -hmm. I think, is extremely important. Mm -hmm. And so winter, when the sun low, Your
1: window is really small.
0: Yeah, so you're eating a lot earlier. But even in the summer, I'm trying to eat before 5, 6. We ate a little bit late tonight at 6, but the sun sets at 9. Right. Um, In the winter, I like to eat at like 4 p.m., Sometimes I just eat a really big lunch and then eat a tiny dinner yeah to kind of to make up, so I'm not digesting food at night yeah. um and really what that's I think you're supposed to be eating when the sun is up, and then there's all these mechanisms that are circadian driven at driven at night that only work when like you're you don't have um
1: food to digest,
0: yeah, food to digest. And I find I sleep a lot better. I have far less inflammation. I wake up more rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. Like I can wake up,
2: which with makes less sense effort. because your
1: body is supposed to be restoring when it's sleeping. It's not supposed to be digesting food. Yeah. So I and think that makes total sense.
0: So like if I eat a meal late at night, or, if we have like or a really big, really big meal. I'm really congested mm. and I have troubles waking up in the morning. Yeah. So I think like if you have troubles waking up or you have When did
2: we eat late congestion
0: the other night? issues, I have like allergies.
2: Stiff
0: like I get allergies if I eat late at night. Like I get know, like joint stay pain stay up drinking or and not joint pain like eat something coffee, at like coffee, eleven. Yeah. I almost feel worse because I ate. Or some some people think like, Oh, you need to eat because you drank and you'll yeah. feel better. Where it's like, man, I think that eating late really disrupts your sleep. Like, yeah. really, really disrupts your, your deep sleep and the benefits. Like, you're sleeping, but you're not getting the restorative sleep that you get when you really eat early. Yeah. And I think a lot of people miss this because a lot of people are snacking up until bed. For sure. I, I used to blame the food that I would eat the night before. Mm-mm. Um, but I think it's really like I have like allergic reaction it. where I'd like you know like runny nose mm-hmm. kind of just feel off and inflamed yeah, like and I would fingers. blame like oh it was that thing I ate yeah but really it was the timing I ate it that I thought um, that really that screwed me up totally and I didn't realize that till I really started to focus on the circadian aspects of eating and eating early is huge for just, um, clear sinuses, my allergies, yeah. inflammation, um, and then yeah. So like if I even with drinking and stuff, it's like yeah. I I try to be done drinking in the evening pretty early. I mean I that's know. hard for a lot of people. It's very hard. And, and most then there's people even don't drink. some cultures. I mean they're up. They late. don't even
1: go out to eat until like eight thirty.
0: Like New York's really late New schedule. York, Europe. Then you go to Europe, it's even later. I know um so I mean that's kind of a problem but
1: yeah but it's not only like what you eat how you eat throughout the day but it's also like the location that you're eating in Mm -hmm. right so the other circadian aspect of it is your latitude so if you're living and getting sunlight from Minnesota you should be eating food that can be grown in Minnesota Mm -hmm. you should not be eating food that's grown in California that could be grown in Guatemala like that's a circadian mismatch so Yeah, it's, and
0: you're not gonna find carbs in the winter. So is, if yeah. you like eating carbs, you gotta move south. Yep. <laughs> um to where you're getting UV all year round. Yeah. Um
1: But though that's the circadian side of diet, and so that's kind of the framework of why we eat what we eat. So once we get into it, you can understand why we're it basically seems like arbitrary diet guidelines if you don't understand why we're doing
0: it something on top of that i I think you should eat outside i wrote that down yeah we try we try and eat most of our meals outside um this summer we've eaten most of them in the winter we have the greenhouse and we're out there eating breakfast in the greenhouse yeah uh i think there's something to eating there's this information of the light in your environment the food you're eating um that's some recommendations that Jack Cruz has given, and I follow. And I think it's, I think it's great advice. What if I've nothing noticed, else. It's kind of nice to be outside yeah, and have that be nice. a ritual.
1: But what I've noticed is when I'm out in the sun eating, I'm actually very. How do I say this? When I'm eating outside, I can never finish my meal. I'm full so quickly.
2: Yeah. But then
1: if I eat. Inside at work, it's like I'm a bottomless pit and all I want to do is snack and snack and snack and have more food. Because, And if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense because blue light is meant to stress you out, which means you're more impulsive. You tend to have like a higher appetite. So
0: Yeah, so like watching TV at night may cause you, you yeah, to snack and eat more. And it's also raising your blood glucose, your insulin, uh, making you insulin resistant. It's, right. Um, and being in a high EMF environment does the exact same thing. Yeah.
1: It's crazy like I know our first podcast we kicked off Phil's top 10 things for mitochondrial health and it seems like every podcast we're going back to that list of things. But what we've really learned is all of them are so interconnected that we would be remiss if we talked about diet and didn't talk about all of those other things because they're so interconnected.
0: Yeah, true. Nice. Nice.
1: Another aspect, so it kind of goes along with circadian rhythm, but the importance of DHA, especially oh, yeah. if you're in the northern latitudes.
0: So it is tied to circadian rhythm because you know in in nature you find higher amounts of DHA at northern latitudes. Right. So which actually
1: helps them biologically as you get into the colder months and things like that, and use lose, lose the UV.
0: Yeah. So like that's one argument. The um, Paleo, low carb, keto, carnivore people say is like, oh, these Eskimos lived off um, fat, well fat, yeah. They had no carbs, and it's like, well, they're living.
1: Well, they adapted up there first and foremost.
0: Yeah, and they're getting a lot of DHA.
1: A lot. And
0: really, you need more DHA to turn that weak sunlight into information that your body uses. That your mitochondria. So that's where you can use DHA as like a tool when in the summer. Eat more DHA to get more benefits from the sun, Mm -hmm. but in the winter it's crucial because
1: it's the only way to convert that sunlight into useful energy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: and it is one of the only things that can help protect you against the damage of blue light.
0: Yeah, it's doing a lot of things. So I,
1: we cannot stress the importance of DHA. is
0: complex, but yeah, I can't stress enough getting seafood. You can't get it in a pill. Um, Yeah, and I think that's huge. We'll talk about the things. Yeah, we'll talk about the different types. But there is a, yeah circadian aspect and why you should eat DHA especially in Minnesota yeah, or northern pretty much anywhere in the U S you're gonna need more especially with the changing environment yeah um, all right so let's talk different diets and um, if you didn't already realize like this podcast is pretty much laying out things we're doing to prep for five G the changing <laughs> environment like. These, we're and to doing, have a family. Like, there's think, a lot of things. Yeah, like, it's a little radical, and it's like, why are they doing this? But it's like, well, we see this problem, and we're trying to come up with solutions. Easy solutions. Yeah. yeah. And these are the reason we're doing this diet. Your your diet that worked 10, 20 years ago isn't going to work. Because we don't today. live in the
1: same environment. Things have changed. 10 to 20 years
0: ago. So. That's why I've I, I think the keto and carnivore diet is not a trend. trend. It's not it's not gonna go Those away. Those are gonna stay. It's only gonna yeah. keep getting greater and greater. You know
1: what's funny? Today at work there was discussion around why is why is the bread category just like not doing well? And people yeah. are like, Oh, it's the gluten free trend, blah 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 and I was like, No, it's because people are realizing they need to cut carbs out of their life to be healthy.
0: And they don't feel people are starting to not feel well. You're but bread. that's the carnivore like I never thought I didn't think it was possible to only eat no meat.
1: I thought people I thought you would die I literally thought you would and die
0: and I'm not saying that's healthy I'm saying like it's pointing out some very interesting things yeah and it's like these people are very very sick with very bad autoimmune depression like very very sick people yeah, but are switching to carnivore. Yeah, but Jordan Peterson and
1: Michaela Peterson were very sick before.
0: And that. I mean, I, I follow these groups. I have a ton of respect. I love the carnivore group because they're, they're so
1: open-minded,
0: extremely open-minded people that think have think like meek, and they're
1: well. They're willing to test new things. They're willing to hear new arguments.
0: Where and they're the just media, trying to feel better. They're really getting bashed, and it's being labeled as almost like part of the right wing what like there's weird things that well I mean because like the hunting aspect or something there's this push for veganism plant based to save the environment and then on the other side it's like no that's all propaganda that meat's not causing any global warming or like um, emissions and it's like there's pretty good evidence that like but sustainable
1: yeah yeah
0: Grass-fed beef, like you need hoofed animals. There's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's the natural thing. It's an you, ecosystem, yeah. Where you're you're ripping down ecosystems, to and it's really unnatural to, to make try To plant-based and, shit. So I'm, I'm sorry if you're a vegan or vegetarian, but I'm kind of I lean definitely towards the um,
1: carnivore keto.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But we definitely identify with the vegan and the vegetarian because. I mean, we try and eat as local as possible. We hate factory farm. We are all about, like, best agricultural practices. I don't even trust the USDA organic because I know how expensive that certification is. Like, we had in-depth conversations with our farmers, like, about a lot of this. And so, Mm -hmm. we're very fortunate that we live in Minnesota and there's a lot of agriculture readily available to us in the community. Um, But we just... So we identify with, with vegans and vegetarians of what they're trying to do for the I, environment I think we and actually have a lot
0: of vegetarians and vegans that follow us because it's we're kind of in between both groups. Yeah. And I actually find very, there's similarities between the two groups. A lot of the yeah. carnivores ha- were vegans, and they're using carnivore to recover from the damage they did when they were vegan and vegetarian. Yeah, But the veg- they the vegan and vegetarian group, they understand our stuff because um, the reconnecting with nature mm-hmm. and sunlight, all these things that make a lot of sense. And also just being, when you're thinking human being, you don't want animals tortured. or Right. So I understand that too. Totally. So. I mean,
1: I see a cow I, and I'm I, like, that's a big pepper. <laughs> I don't
0: like to talk diet too much because I don't want to be labeled with any group yeah. around diet because it's so... Heated and it's it's almost like religion. And
1: I would say people are so individual. There is someone out there that can live healthily the rest of their life being vegan. One hundred percent. There's someone out there. Yeah, you know, someone who will get crushed by
0: eating meat, who's allergic yes, to it. So yes. I I have so no idea exactly. what's right for you. We
1: really want to urge like everyone is individual. You have to test and do what makes sense and what makes you feel the best. And obviously, if you're getting blood work and things, use the data of how your health is changing to help inform what's working and not working for you.
0: Um, and how much of diets changed? Like yeah. I, it's it's hard to take um, sides on something when I've changed my opinion so much. Well, I think like,
1: that's a good segue. Let's go talk about, so we, we've talked about this a little bit. We were on a standard American diet, I would say, through college. Once I've always we, been
0: aware of food because my mom was a dietitian, and I always had I had a lot of food allergies growing up. Milk, dairy, nuts, spinach. I, um, yeah, a lot Blue of cheese. vegetables. <laughs> and a lot of molds, anything with mold, high in molds. Um, but, you know, I, we grew up with the
1: food pyramid. Fat is bad. Yeah.
0: Carbs are good. I did a lot of Whole athletics. Week. So it's like, oh, you need more carbs, carbo load, that kind of idea. But it shifted. And then it was like, well, then college, you got an injury.
1: And you couldn't recover from that
0: injury. Once you get into football, it's all about getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's when I was like eating as much food as possible, tons of protein shakes, yeah, not really caring about diet, just eat as many carbs as or as as many calories as possible to put on weight because I was I'm a skinny guy. Well, and you guys were working out a lot,
1: yeah. Um, But then we graduated, and I was a mess.
0: I had a, leg injury. And you had a leg injury. If you look at photos of me, I was super inflamed. It could have been also like neither of us
1: had a jawline. Circadian
0: <laughs> disruption, I took an antibiotic that messed me up, a floxin. That's a really high in fluoride that causes neurological issues and all sorts of things like in some people. So it could have ca- And antibiotics are not good. They can cause a lot of gut issues and stuff. But that really got me really focused on diet. And I watched uh, Fathead, the documentary, that's like the year it came out, was oh. my senior year, and he just ate McDonald's, and I was oh, like, yeah. blown away, like, what? He say McDonald's and just avoided the Coke and lost weight? So mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, what is the real thing here? So it's like, but and then... And then you stumbled
1: upon the Bulletproof podcast. Then
0: I was like, yeah, that's when I was like, oh, this makes sense. That,
1: yeah.
0: oh, fat is actually good, and we need it for our brain, yeah. and... So then I started, and Dave to did a really good job butter. of like
1: presenting the science and getting really good guests. So then I got on. obsessed
0: with bulletproof and mm-hmm. all of that, and
1: so we were essentially on like the bulletproof diet for like two, two and a half years, where we like didn't eat the nightshades. We did the bulletproof coffee in the morning, which had the intermittent intermittent fasting aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But then we got way too skinny, like way, way, way too
0: skinny. Well, I, I was like two fifteen in college. Too heavy for my build now, Yeah, you should have never been that heavy. Now I'm like 165. Yeah, but you Some were like 157. People, at first, people are like, "Man, you're like anorexic," because it's like they remember me being so big. But yeah. it's like this is actually healthier. Like,
1: well, you just went back down everything to normal just, size.
0: Yeah, you lost all the I'm still really, I still have the strength though.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even though I could bench like 315 then. I just don't bench anymore. Well, so you don't, I don't practice those know.
1: muscles, so that's like not a fair comparison. Yeah. If you got back into lifting shape, I'm sure you could do more.
0: Well, I mean, because of what you know about what I've then you. I could do like I couldn't do ten pull-ups. Now I can do thirty. So right. I don't know what really to.
1: Well, pull-ups are a hard measure because like if your body weight goes down, you should be able to do more.
0: Yeah, true. You have
1: less mass you're pulling. It's
0: very true. Yeah. So I'm just athletically built differently now. Yeah. But so after Bulletproof, really we decided to go like... Really lowered inflammation and stuff. Got yeah. crazy about the keto. keto but we that, like that looked keto. more high fat, lots of vegetables. Moderate protein. And then I thought protein was bad. Right. I kind of was sold sort of like, oh, that causes inflammation and... Um, it can be
1: carcinogenic. Kind
0: of looking at the anti-aging product, like everyone's been talking how, oh, if you eat high protein, um, mTOR gets... Upregulated and the cause, but I, it's more complex than they want to make. Like, then it really, yeah, it's more complex than that.
1: And so I would say when so, I did keto, I got way too thin.
0: We were almost like vegetarian with just a lot of butter and fat and yes. eggs, yeah, with a side of meat.
1: I would say we essentially were vegetarian.
0: I because we hardly had like veggies, steak and yeah.
1: things. It was just a lot of eggs, veggies,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and grass-fed beef.
1: Sometimes chicken, but rarely.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of edgies.
1: But then, around then, a little earlier than when we started going on keto is when you started discovering light, and that's when we started wearing our blue blockers, because not only was Dave talking about it, but you started stumbling upon Dr. Cruz.
0: Well, I probably was wearing blue blockers two years before stumbling upon Cruz. Right. And that's why Dr. Jack Cruz's stuff started to make sense, because it was like...
1: You had already heard oh, about there the was light something thing. something to this light, because then... But we really didn't change off of the keto diet until, like, this last year and a half.
0: Yeah, we've, we haven't really been strict keto in a long time. I guess
1: more low-carb, yeah, just low-carb. On low and, carb. and off,
0: and now I just see there's more reason to.
1: So now how we...
0: Because f- it's just yeah. the changing environment, and I mm-hmm. think people are finding... Um, health or getting health i think the issue is the emf and stuff because of this deuterium so Mm -hmm. these are the keto diet works and the carnivore diet works because i think they're deuterium depleting diets Mm -hmm. and it makes up for circadian disruption Yep. so i just view it as as the environment changes um
1: it just means we have to be more strict in how we were
0: meant and you can eat you can food. use diet as a tool. It's not the end all be all. Uh, if you're controlling
1: for light, you have a lot more bandwidth to be to cheat a little bit on the diet.
0: Definitely, if you're getting a lot more sunlight, like if you if you move to Mexico or like you're you outside all do no day, do diet restrictions In the summer, yeah. you can be a lot more lenient on your diet. Yeah, um, and. You know, just the how lept it, it all comes down to this leptin resistance yeah. stuff. So, the and journey
1: we've been on in diet was basically we did bulletproof, then we did keto, and now, how we would frame up our diet is it's a local seasonal diet.
0: Obsessed with protecting melanopsin because melanopsin is really the main driver of what you do with that food in a weird way. Um, And melanopsin is that blue light photoreceptor that gets destroyed from EMF and blue light. So when you control that and you live in a better environment, and that's the first steps before really going and controlling food. Yeah. Um, Let's
1: talk about what we avoid
0: because of
1: deuterium and the damage to melanopsin. Yeah,
0: and again, go back to that other podcast to listen more on deuterium. Um,
1: But we avoid wheat... It's very high in deuterium. Yep. Uh, we avoid corn, we avoid soy. Soy we avoid all the GMOs.
0: Nuts. We foods. avoid
1: beans.
0: I really try to avoid any produce that's mass produced too. Yep. Like I try to buy as local as possible, mm-hmm. but sometimes you know it's like you can't always do that. No. But <laughs> if you're going to so if bad. you're going to gorge and have your whole diet based on veggies, I think you better be getting them local. local. And um, really, I I think the obvious things are avoiding processed foods. Um,
1: Hydrogenated oils, vegetable oils. um, And when
0: we go into diet and talking about food, theres I I wouldn't say I'm like an expert on all of this. There's a lot of... I just want to give you guys things to think about where there's a lot of these diet experts that you could... Maybe There's so much information dots. on
1: diet out there that you can do go down so many rabbit holes.
0: I, I, I have troubles with this podcast because I feel like I know nothing, even though it's been my focus. Like my <laughs> hey, that's what your podcast is
1: called. We all know nothing. Yeah. There's just so much information out there.
0: Um, but yeah. this We
1: avoid uh, high fructose corn high, syrup
0: yeah. is a processed sugar. If you're going to do sugar, do honey or maple syrup. Um, And I just, I mean, I use it for cooking in small amounts. Mm -hmm. Um, If something tastes bad, you know, you add salt, sugar, and a little sweet, and it tastes good.
1: Salt, fat, and sugar are the three things that make food taste better. One of
0: the biggest things I avoid is uh, vegetable oils. And hydrogenated fats is the absolute number one thing you need to avoid. So that's like your canola
1: oil, your sunflower oil, your safflower
2: oil.
0: And I think you need to make restrictions on food because there's a lot of crap out there. And if you have a basic ingredient list of things you avoid, it knocks off a lot of crap like canola oil, soybean oil, um, any of the vegetable oils. Avoid anything made with those. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the vegan, vegetarian foods it's tend... It's all only made with that. For the most part. Sometimes they'll use be smart and use coconut yeah, oil. Yeah, fair. But it's more expensive. Yeah. So a lot of foods don't use coconut oil. Yes. So you can get like an idea of the quality of these foods based off the ingredients they use.
1: Do you want to explain why that's a problem? So basically, these oils, not only like they have a very low burning. Well, they're really processed to so even they, create exactly. those oils. So when they enter your body, like they're just wreaking havoc and increasing. Um, what are they called? Not free agents. Um,
0: free radicals, but free I mean they're, radicals, they're high yeah. in deuterium. All the vegetable yeah. oils are high in deuterium, even though like you know they're. I if like if you, Dave Asprey will say they're rancid fats mm. where a saturated fat, you know, is a stable fat.
1: Sure. That makes sense. But
0: really I think the importance is the deuterium content and yeah, the in different fats. So I stick to butter, coconut oil, olive oil. If you're going to do olive oil. Don't heat it. Um, don't heat it, but also avoid California because mm. you're going get to get glyphosate. Italian, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I buy Italian anywhere from Europe. Europe.
1: They have way stricter rules.
0: Yeah. If I, if I'm getting culture. food, a lot of, I, I actually favor things coming from Europe because yeah. it's going to be higher quality.
1: And similar latitude.
0: There's good reason that when you go over there, you don't get sick from the food that right. you eat. And I then, love it. Though. Yeah. People just feel better from the food over there. Mm-hmm. Even the gluten. Yeah. Everything. I know people
1: with celiac that can go to France and have no problems eating gluten.
0: But avoid everything with glyphosate. So glyphosate is the weed killer roundup, and it's really sprayed on everything. Um, It's a problem.
1: And if it's not sprayed on that crop, unfortunately that crop most likely gets mixed with a crop that gets sprayed. So...
0: We're... Yeah, a lot of intelligent people like, let's say like Bill Nye, the science guy, or these real... sciencey, people. Self-proclaimed science people like to take the side of pro-GMO, um, but I, I, they don't really, they don't understand the complexity of the subject. They don't understand the complexity of glyphosate. The debate um, saying glyphosate is, is safer is the safest um, herbicide or pesticide you can use compared to everything else, so it's actually a good thing. Like That's, that's what like they'll crazy. tell you. That's
1: like saying cigarettes are still better but than guns. It's
0: because they don't understand the mechanisms and how it's working in the body. Because it is a lot different than just like a poisonous chemical that kills. Um, so it was invented as a chelator, which means it binds to minerals and metals. And they use it to clean bats um, and like industrial um, material. And because it, it's a chelator and what it is is the nitrogen binds to the minerals or these metals. And in the body... Glyphosate replaces glycine Glycine's is the number one amino acid in the body and it's the number one amino acid that makes up gl- um, collagen and collagen is the protein you know and it's the number one protein but it's an interesting protein in that it uh, works as a semiconductor and it's the main like light antenna that we were talking about in the last podcast where exclusion zone water it's hydrated with, and how it acts as a light antenna, and it oscillates, and all of these light signals um, for the body come from what light's doing with collagen, and this collagen is a semiconductor, and when it's replaced with um, glyphosate, it loses its piezoelectric ability, which means it can't... um, build an electrical charge or store the same um electrical charge and really this is how you're you're turning with gly with water um collagen and dha you're creating a dc electrical current that your body uses but when glycine screws this all up glyphosate screwed, screws that all up yeah not glycine. um the glyphosate it, the nitrogen binds to the copper ion and changes the physics of the protein. And glycine has some really crazy physics compared to glyphosate. glyphosate. It has They're different not the same. Um, interactions with water. And nature changes, selected for glycine. It changes the physics of this protein and what it's doing and... It causes, you know, kind of chaos. It disconnects you from the sun. Yeah. Um, It lowers the exclusion zone. Uh, It's going to cause mitochondrial dysfunction in a very Mm -hmm. weird route. And it also binds to minerals in the soil. So... Strips the soil of its... Destroys bacteria. Yeah, it takes
1: the top layer... What's it called? Um, The topsoil. It ruins the topsoil, which is essentially what helps plants grow.
0: And it's an antimicrobial. And it's like, it's killing bacteria. In your gut. In your gut and in the soil. Yeah. And you can't really get rid of it once it's sprayed on the soil. So this is a huge issue. Well,
1: and it can actually lead to blight, right? So if you remember the movie Interstellar, they were in the position that they were in because of blight, but blight happens because there's no longer bacteria on the topsoil. Mm. So we're essentially we're causing interstellar with to happen.
0: The crazy complexity. and It's like everything. You know, it can kill bees too. I guess mm-hmm. that could be an effect, but I think EMFs really causing yeah, the damage yeah. to the bees. But glyphosate scares me, and it's one reason that I I'm leaning towards more of eating animal products because glyphosates and everything so they spray glyphosate on all wheat or not every farmer is going to do that but it allows them to harvest the wheat faster so they do it it causes it to dry up so they can harvest it and all the wheat in the US gets put together and processed together so if you're eating wheat you're there's like no way to avoid glyphosate yeah i, I think even if you're eating organic in this country you're going to get glyphosate on everything even the produce Uh, most of it's coming from california which is a huge issue it's in honey where it's like you could be in the remote area and your honey's still getting glyphosate in it um but if you that's another issue with wheat and gluten and one reason i would avoid it even we eat gluten-free and we've eaten gluten-free since graduating college since
1: 2012
0: but I, i wouldn't say i have a sensitivity to it and it's do. more of just like, it's one of those guidelines I've created where it's like, it's a higher quality food if it's gluten-free.
1: Like,
0: yeah. Well, um, they're just, yeah,
1: they're taking more time. It's not a huge industry. Or even when so. I'm looking up
0: a restaurant, I love to see that they're making an effort to make gluten-free. If they're not, it's like, what else are you...
1: Yeah. When I go to a restaurant and I, I see something that should be gluten-free and it's not, I'm
0: like, why?
1: Why yeah. is that not... Why are you throwing flour in there? What?
0: What? So it's like... Yeah, that's to just... To make it
1: cheaper, most mm-hmm. likely. Most likely.
0: So that's just a, another guideline. That's like, a tangent on nice. glyphosate. <laughs> you can eat gluten-free. If you don't eat gluten-free, I mean, it's so easy. And if you have to have your bread or whatnot, uh, I would avoid... I mean, we do once in a while for like gluten-free a burger. Bread. Yeah. We don't stress too much. If I do a pizza, I'm usually making a cauliflower crust pizza. Yeah. Or rice I can't even tell bread. the difference... Um,
1: One thing that is potentially high in deuterium that unfortunately I do eat is rice.
0: Yeah, but eat in the summer. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's talk
1: about some things we do eat.
0: Let me think if there's anything else on our list uh, that we want to make sure we to say eat. don't eat. Um, I don't eat peanuts. Yeah. Because um, they're high in molds, mm-hmm. specifically mycotoxins. I think that's what I'm allergic to. Sometimes I can eat a peanut and I'm fine, and other times I'm not.
2: Yeah. S- that's the
1: same thing with cheese, though, too. Sometimes you, like, literally have your throat closes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I eat dairy now. So I used to be allergic to milk growing up. Mm-hmm. I lactose break intolerant. out in hives, and then I was lactose intolerant, and... I still, I mean, as a kid, you're like, oh, I love ice cream, I love it. I love cheese, yeah. I love pizza, but man, my gut would get ripped up from that, and then when I got into the bulletproof diet, I was like, oh, cheese are high in these molds, where I think you're, you are sensitive to those molds when you're not getting enough sunlight, your circadian disrupted. I have absolutely no issues with cheese now yeah and milk like i was this is the first year i was drinking milk where i wouldn't say that's a healthy food but it's like you know it's a local milk and i think i mean the casein protein might be inflammatory some people don't do well but i mean i was just surprised i could have as much milk as much cream i've been yeah like, and you weren't stuck this you entire didn't have, year you weren't gassy i've gone pretty crazy on the cheese like
2: yeah I
0: agree. A little, maybe a little overboard on cheese. <laughs>
1: Potentially, but it's like so, it makes everything so much better. But that's
0: because I've kind of switched <laughs> to this carnivore, and I don't want to eat just meat, but mm-hmm. I'm like kind of switching to eating a lot more animal products and a lot less veggies, so it's like, I fill that in, you know, I'm doing a lot more cheese, so if, if I'm okay with it, I have no issues. Yeah. Um, and maybe if you have issues with cheese, if you really Control work on... Light,
1: maybe. Light, then you can enjoy your, your environment, cheese. get a
0: lot more sunlight. Yeah. I think your allergies go away with really, I mean, because sunlight is controlling your immune system. I like system. how our
1: diet episode is turning into a light episode.
0: Well, I mean, it is all about light. I know. And I know. If I eat late at night, then I wake up and I'm like, oh, that food did not agree with me because now I have I know, an I know, and mean, you blame stomach. it on the
1: food. Totally.
0: And I have congested. That's the same thing that we were talking
1: about with hangovers, though. How, like, you blame it on... The, like, you blame your hangover on the alcohol when really it was because you were up so late.
0: Yeah, where I think I'm allergic to all food if I eat it too late.
1: Yeah. Well, my body's just rejecting the fact that I did something under fake lights when there was no sun.
0: What else do we avoid?
1: Pop, obviously.
0: Yeah, and... Fruity drinks. We like
1: don't buy anything from the center grocery aisles.
0: Things that are high in deuterium will be fruits, sugary anything,
1: processed, boxed. Um,
0: I mean, I go into a regular grocery store and there's nothing edible. Like, yeah. Uh, don't eat. You know, if you're gonna buy bread, buy a bread with five ingredients. That's what it should be, mm-hmm. as opposed to twenty six. Like. 50, like there's so like, many ingredients. The bread should maybe
1: be in the freezer. You should know
0: every <laughs> single ingredient and be able to make it off of the ingredient list. Yeah. Like, oh, this is what I can buy to make this. Yeah. Not like a whole list of different things that they use to make it.
1: The other thing I find interesting when you start do looking at ingredient lists is they have to list the ingredients in order of the amount of volume that's in the product. So like the first ingredient is the most ingredient that you'll be consuming in that good. So if you're eating, like, I don't know, let's say bread, the first ingredient should be, like, the flour or whatever. But in some cases, it's not. So just, you know, take a peruse at the ingredient list. If it's really long, just just put that back on the shelf.
0: Well, this is another reason to not eat out and make your own food, which, I mean, I love cooking, and if i'm going to eat something you know that's not considered healthy mm-hmm. if i make it myself i can control all of these things yeah. that go into it it's a lot healthier than what you'd buy at the
1: grocery, or
0: grocery like- store or anywhere cuz they're putting all these stabilizers or yep. or they're using they're cutting corners to sell you Increased something profits. Yeah. yeah
1: it's a business I think what's nice is we do live in uh, Minnesota, which has an amazing food scene, and a lot of those businesses work with the local farmers, and they're very farm-to-table, pretty conscientious about good ingredients, so we're kind of spoiled in terms of, like, we can eat out quite a bit, but we know that that's a luxury that most places don't have.
0: Mm. Yeah, true. It's crazy when you go travel. Oh my
1: gosh, when we were in Indiana, I was, like, in tears. (laughs)
0: My, um, <laughs> if you look on Google Give Maps, if there's a Chipotle or Whole Foods, you know the places where it's place a, a decent living. area,
1: yeah. yeah. Agreed.
0: If they don't have a Chipotle, then it's like...
1: Like, what am I going to eat?
0: <laughs> <laughs> then you have regular grocery stores, and then there's legit, all you can buy is meat and eggs and right. butter. But That's the, like yeah. the real food, the only real food What I love about Minnesota stores. is,
1: like, even the small towns, they'll have co-ops. Yeah. Like...
0: It should be that way. Yeah,
1: we're agriculture is just a very important part of our economics here, so I, that's been awesome for us.
0: All right, things Some
1: we do eat.
0: Yeah, let's talk about things we do eat. Eggs. Uh, sausage, bacon, eggs, beef, lamb, seafood.
1: Salmon mostly.
0: And oysters, fish eggs. Fish eggs. Um, lamb is my favorite meat. It's, it's as, the most
1: deuterium depleted of the red meat.
0: And I just think it tastes good. It's mm-hmm. kind of, it's a little more pricey, mm-hmm. but you can always find a good, you should be able to find a good We really like lamb, area.
1: I'm, I am a little weird on lamb, I mean, you know, um, but when Phil makes lamb burgers, I'm, I like them more than beef burgers now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like obsessed with lamb burgers. Yeah. They're so
0: juicy. Um... Also, make sure the meat is local. At least I try at least buy U.S. meat. Yeah. So like Whole Foods meats coming from New Zealand for the most part. Where I was there the other day, we I just needed some taco meat for dinner, and it's like the best thing I could buy was buffalo from uh, Texas.
2: Oh
1: God!
0: So I opted for that. Then that's terrible from New sourcing. Zealand.
1: That is terrible sourcing.
0: They, I mean, they're driving their Amazon, so they're gonna find every way to make the cheapest like i know but grass.
1: that's just terrible so the
0: and they they kind of rob you too because they charge a lot of prices so if i go to the farmer's market i can get cheaper meat that's, and cheaper yeah better quality for cheaper so really utilize people that are local and sometimes they're not going to be a farmer's market, so you have to find them online or like you know some other way
1: yeah if there's a csa you can do a csa where you um, can like go in on a cow at least in Minnesota, you can do that. You can like buy a full cow, you can buy a half cow, you can buy a quarter cow. Yeah. Um, and then you get a bunch of different variety of cuts, too. And for- bones to make your own bone broth. Um, we do eat a lot of bone broth. We may- we've we made our own chicken bone broth before.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I opt for beef, though, for the most part. I try and stay away from chicken, but sometimes chicken just makes sense in the recipe, so I eat chicken. Yeah. But- I prefer
1: the taste of the chicken bone broth, but...
0: For breakfast, we eat pretty much sausage, bacon. S- a lot of sausage because it's it's actually kind of cheap and easy, and you could cook it a lot of different ways. Yeah,
1: well, and you can make a lot at once, and you can either freeze it or put it in the fridge, and then it's easy for us to like reheat um, on the stove or in the oven. Oh, very important! Do not use a microwave ever. Yeah, that dehydrates. All of your food. You're basically shaking all... And I'm going to say this wrong, so correct me, Phil. But doesn't it... Essentially, when you microwave it, it shakes all of the water particles until they they start evaporating. And that's what's heating up the food. So, essentially, you're not only, like, deuterating it, but you're also dehydrating
0: it. You're not deuterating, but you're changing the information in the food. Okay. So, like, food has information in it. So, there's ways to process food. Like, there's people who won't even use a blender because... Exposing it to that magnetic field and spinning it changes the aura, like the spin of the electrons and protons where this light information is stored. Um, The further your food travels, the less of this information there is in it.
1: Yeah, so you're... And it can
0: be recorded. Like there was like that, um, I forget what it's called, but it's like a laser pretty much that Target was looking at using to source their food and like determine what it's worth. And you could like have it in the grocery store to see like... Pretty much the, the quali- quality, the real quality of your produce, yep. because not everything's equal. And mm-hmm. how, what, how long has it actually been there? Mm-hmm. And the more people it's touched, the further it's traveled, the far, like longer it's been plucked, the less information get in from. there. Yeah. So that's where like, yeah, you're eating pr- a lot of produce, but you paid a lot of money for this produce that's shipped halfway across the world that. Has it just- wasn't ripe
1: when they picked it. It ripened on a truck. <laughs> Across, slow-mo going across the U.S.
0: Yeah. So. And how long did it sit in the grocery store? Yeah.
1: So, sorry, that was my tangent on just don't use the microwave. And use. then how
0: are you processing your food? Like, you're spending a lot of money on food. Do do it well by cooking it on the stove slowly or, or oven, however yeah. way.
1: Yeah, you want to do things at low heat. If you do things at high heat, you're damaging the fats um so you want to do things on low depending weight. on the
0: fats yeah. yeah so like i don't cook each with olive oil has, i add it at the, uh, the end because each hard, fat has a
1: different burning it's hard point. to
0: damage butter and saturated fats that's also why i like them mm-hmm.
1: um what else do we eat
0: so Blue, every morning okay, so then we
1: eat seasonally
0: yeah, we do eggs pretty much every morning. Yeah, eggs every morning, sausage it,
1: pretty much every morning. And
0: I'll add a video right now.
1: Yeah, he of made the so
0: omelet he, I make, and it's kind of like uh, I put mozzarella. Like the most most of the cheese I eat is mozzarella and parmesan. parmesan. Uh, but I do mozzarella in the egg, scramble it, and then when it's almost cooked, I put a layer of parmesan cheese and salt, and then flip it and sear that cheese, and then it becomes crispy, and then I fold it on itself um and then I eat it with like either sour cream or um marinara sauce. I eat a lot of marinara sauce with things cuz I like the summer, yeah. I like sauces cuz I get bored and you can change yeah. so many flavors in a spaghetti. But you don't and eat marinara, marinara sauce, sauce
1: when tomatoes aren't being grown here.
0: Um I'm not as opposed to eating it. It's not like
2: yeah. It's I'm a just, little different. It, I just and i And
0: I, I do buy a pasta sauce that's from a local guy who makes it from organic tomatoes. That he grows. And probably now that tomatoes are in season, I might buy a ton of tomatoes and Just stock create, up on it, yeah. Cre- freeze freeze a bunch of sauce that I make. Yeah. Just boil and condense and make some pasta sauces because I love... I like sauces. hmm Same. Yeah. Uh, we do
1: tacos and typically... What we do for tacos, we have, there is like a cassava tortilla or an we almond, do the flour almond flour tortilla. It's a little
0: better. Cassava. Which it's still,
1: it's still a carb. Um,
0: but it's 10 carbs, yeah. Yeah. 10 grams of carb. If I do tacos, I love tacos. Yeah, we love tacos. <laughs> um, but a it, lot of taco meat. Even if I don't eat it with anything, I'll eat just plain taco meat. Yeah. A lot. Um, instead of like a steak, I like ground meat. You know, I'll yeah. do ground lamb, taco. Well, I think what's hard corn.
1: about steak is I, I only really like one cut. I really only like a tenderloin or a filet.
0: I eat onions year-round year for the most part, mm-hmm. but those onions are actually coming local.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Um,
1: Let's talk about our summer diet since it's summer.
0: Um. So, well, that's late summer. So mm-hmm. the summer solstice, is that what it's called? Yep. Was June 22nd. 21st. My first. <laughs> June 21st, and I, we're past a month, so we're starting to lose the UV. Yeah. Slowly. And I, I don't know the last day we can soda, make vitamin D, you said but it's it coming was, up. You said it
1: was August 20,
0: 22nd. Well, it's, it's somewhere in August, early September where depressing. we can't make vitamin D anymore, and that's when you start to shift to...
1: Squash and...
0: Well... Yeah, so I'm kind of on that last week. I'm kind of shifting to more of a ketotic diet right now. A lot more meats and fats.
1: Yeah, less.
0: Not the blueberries, yep. potatoes. We were eating potatoes the last two weeks. Because they're local. Yeah, local potatoes. Local blueberries. I feel good eating potatoes. You yeah. know, some people don't. Yeah. Um, whatever. I think we'll see sweet potatoes soon.
1: Yep, we'll see sweet potatoes and squash. and.
0: But I'll primarily, I'll eat a lot of squash, yeah. pumpkin, love spaghetti squash. Yeah. And we have been eating that over the summer. So for
1: fall, you can eat, like for fall and winter, you can eat obviously what can be grown and what would have been able to be harvested.
0: And that's when I'm starting to shift to more keto. I would say we're Even keto now, in the fall,
1: and I would say that we're carnivore essentially in the winter
0: Mm -hmm. with a lot more seafood a lot
1: more seafood like we have salmon just like a filet of salmon almost every night for dinner and
0: i post on my instagram like the perfect breakfast or uh, lunch for me um or i'll even do it for breakfast is two oysters two egg yolks some fish eggs and some seaweed um just to iterate yeah the importance of dha dha and that's a good lunch to even take to the office if you work in an office, you're gonna need chilled, more yeah. DHA. Uh, you have to shook your own oysters, but I would. I don't think once you get used to it, it's like no big deal. Yeah. Oysters last a long time. I was, I heard you can have them like for a month wow. before they go bad, maybe even longer. Wow! So they hold up well. Yes. But you have to. I you have to get over the phobia of eating raw oysters, yeah. which I hated seafood and I never thought I'd be into. My I know we really like warm.
1: literally hated seafood our entire
0: lives. So that's crazy <laughs> to me, but you got to do what you got to do to survive. Um, and if you're vegetarian or vegan, this is um, something you could eat. I think it's really crucial to get DHA. And oysters are—I've heard arguments that they're less alive than even plants. Um, the eggs—you're not hurting even fish um, egg. I mean some. Vegetarians don't have problems with eggs, so the raw egg yolks, you're at least getting some um, cholesterol and DHA and some other nutrients from the egg yolks. And then um, the fish eggs, the oysters have a lot of DHA, and um, it's really making up for what you're missing in your diet that's extremely important. It's DHA in the SN2 position. In a vegan and vegetarian sources of DHA come in the SN1 and SN3 position, and these, these forms of DHA won't cross the blood-brain barrier and do the same thing in your body. Um, as, at a bare minimum, I would add these things to get DHA for your diet um, when you're um, eating a vegan, vegan vegetarian diet, avoiding um, red meats, and I'd recommend this for everyone, but especially The vegans and vegetarians if you're not going to change anything else um, to do this at a bare minimum um, you might be able to get away uh, with this modern environment if you really up the dha and get more sunlight
1: and then in minnesota we don't really get a spring so our carnivore slash keto kind of gets extended essentially till may Mm -hmm. may is then when we start We start seeing, like, a little bit of blueberries maybe at the end of May, maybe strawberries. No,
0: blueberries is July, strawberries Strawberries is June.
1: Okay, so, yeah, no fruit in May. Really no carbs in May. There's, like, a snowstorm typically.
0: Yeah, but, you know, you're getting the sun and stuff, so the more sun you get, the more lenient you you can be. So, I mean, I'm eating, yeah, I'm not, like, too strict. I like to enjoy life. Yeah, well, duh. So, it's like...
1: But if you're sick, like we're just trying to explain to people what you would, what yeah, what we would, what we would do.
0: Yeah. Some and if you're leptin resistant and you're overweight and you need to lose weight, um, then following stricter and yeah. it can be hard to only eat two or three meals a day. Yeah. If you're leptin resistant, you might um, it might be harder for you to not snack after dinner. Um, because, but. One, some things that will help reverse leptin resistance is getting more sun, um, really focusing on the circadian rhythm, protect your eyes, and um, watching TV at night on with, or looking at screens will cause you to have more of these cravings. And eating, it all compounds into... The, the real focus should be on improving your sleep And, um, another way to reverse or to help overcome leptin resistance is cold tubbing. So if you're, I find if you do cold tubbing, you'll be, you'll actually be less hungry and require less food. Um, kind of like sunlight, it kind of replaces sunlight in a weird way, but that's what I would try if I had. A lot of cravings that you can't control. If you're having troubles, you know, like you eat dinner at five, but you're starving before bed and it keeps you up. Um, That's a good sign you're leptin resistant. And I would, you might be in a really bad environment, so you may have to move or do things to change your environment, turn off your phone, control the light in your environment. Um, But cold tub sunlight watch the sunrise um,
1: and one thing i would say is um when we when we went from the bulletproof diet to actually when i just went on the bulletproof diet and cut gluten out i did go through the keto flu and so to avoid that if you deuterium deplete before you start going in to keto you should avoid the keto flu if you're getting sunlight as well
0: well yeah it kind of compounds on each other so yeah. get a lot of sunlight and it makes it easier to... Um, Use fat as fuel. To fast and to start becoming keto-adapted. Right. Because, yeah, some pe- I could stop eating today and fast for five days and I'm not going to get sick.
1: Yeah, I'm fat-adapted now. I can jump in their and their body
0: would break down. They'd tear their muscles apart. They'd lose a ton of weight and they'd be really sick. Where, like, if I stopped eating today, I would have a ton of energy tomorrow. You almost get yeah. more energy. You're mentally clear. Yeah. So I guess that gets into... I am a fan of fasting, but I'm not by any means a professional on the subject. No. It's very complex, and, and if it's you hard actually, to recommend for people. If you
1: follow the circadian like timing of eating, you will actually be fasted, especially in the winter. If you're st- if you stop eating at 4:30 or 5, and then you don't eat until the next morning at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., that's a f- a very long fasted window. Yeah so so
0: that's where it's fasted
1: at the right time of day
0: i love the idea of intermittent fasting where i would do a fast from like dinner and sometimes i would even eat like um, a little honey or collagen or like a little snack before bed at like 10 p.m because i thought it helped with sleep and then i'd wake up and do bulletproof coffee or i wouldn't eat until noon or one or two so you have this window of 12 hours to 12 to 14 hours of no eating but if you eat early from at five let's say 5 p.m. or when the sun sets um, and then you wake up and the sun ro- ro- let's say it rises now at six mm-hmm. that's um, you know a 12 13 hour window in the winter you get more of a window like 14 yeah, 16 hours I know. because the sun so you really don't have to put like in eight. a
1: whole lot of effort in that fasting you get to sleep most of the time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think that's where the real benefits Benefit you get from sleep—you have to be—you have to be fasted. Where if you have raised insulin and glucose, and you're, you're metabolizing, screwing up yeah, sleep and the release. Uh, maybe I'll get into it in another podcast because I don't know the details. I just know that um, eating before bed, there's a lot of things that screws up. You should be sleeping and not digesting food.
2: Yeah,
0: um, and. It can be difficult for people who are leptin-resistant to not snack throughout the day. I recommend Mm -hmm. not snacking throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And ideally, like two meals a day is what you should be able to do. Mm -hmm. Large breakfast and then a large dinner or medium dinner. Um, I eat lunch for the most part, but it's pretty small.
1: Yeah. For lunch at work, I normally get a poke bowl, which is raw salmon, seaweed, ginger, um and fish eggs or I get a grass-fed beef chili from like a local mm-hmm. little store that's in the skyway so you're
0: eating a lot of yeah you're eating seafood because you get the fish eggs you're getting the seaweed
1: seaweed and the salmon
0: so again and then I also want to iterate get seaweed I, I, I add a lot of seaweed to my diet because you iodine. get iodine and that's one thing that is um, lacking lacking and I think in most people's diets And there's a lot of interesting benefits to iodine. Mm -hmm. It's important for the thyroid. Um, It protects PUFAs in the brain. PUFAs? Ooh, that's
1: a new one. Which is DHA. Oh, okay.
0: So, um, yeah. Interesting. It's important for brain health. It would make sense
1: that it, like... Works with DHA because it's found in a lot of food that has DHA.
0: And maybe I'll get into this another time, but I, yeah, this is another one of those. Yeah, things we have where a whole
1: podcast that I think we're I just do know it's DHA. important,
0: so I eat seaweed instead of taking a supplement. Yeah. Um, and if you don't eat seaweed, then I would be taking maybe some kelp, kelp pill, but Fair. seaweed's better. Uh, but if you.
1: But moral of the story, if it's not being grown in your local seasonal environment, try not to eat it. You can obviously treat yourself.
0: Or don't binge on it. Yes. Don't pretend to yourself that it's a health food. Yes, exactly. Like eating a banana smoothie or going to... Like,
1: yeah, you can do that. Just know, like, okay, this is my my food today. Or let's say you do
0: juicing or you go to, um, what's that juice jamba juice,
1: juice. Uh, oh jamba juice is like sh- just or
0: sugar. yeah any of those like go get ice cream or something that actually tastes good right or a cupcake and cake because stop pretending it's anything different because right. it's not
1: yeah if you're going to do a juice cleanse like literally just just go to an ice cream shop Well,
0: I remember when we thought subway was good for our health like that's yeah. how you lose weight is you eat like jerry okay.
1: yes <laughs> then we find out it literally has like a chemical that's in yoga mats
0: where that's like (laughs) acai boys
1: acai boys (laughs) acai bowls
0: acai bowls yeah Yeah. acai bowls it's an acai bowls yeah
1: yeah yeah, it's a health food that's actually just a dessert
0: yeah (laughs) it's not a health food hopefully you really like it because you could just be eating ice cream. well after
1: we finished it i was like i mean that was good that was refreshing but i just want ice cream now
0: or juicing
1: but let's finish with everyone's favorite topic of alcohol we we don't drink a whole lot of alcohol, but the ones that we do drink is we'll drink um, Argentine Malbec. It's really high in resveratrol. It's um, the grapes are grown at high altitude, so you're getting huge UV benefits from and those grapes.
0: The water is deuterium depleted in it because of the altitude. Oh,
1: so true. We'll also have red wine from Europe. We avoid all wine from California.
0: We avoid everything from California. Yeah,
1: poor California.
0: Like, we wine is going to have a lot of chemicals and glyphosate and stuff in it.
1: Yeah. So, no, we used to want to move to California because, like, it, it has a really great culture. It has a good climate. But unfortunately...
0: Yeah, I'd say I get along with West Coast culture the most. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, I love, get along with East Coast culture, too. L.A. and... Minnesota is like a, a hybrid of New York and L.A., I'd say. Mm -hmm. like we we talk really fast we get the cold winters but we are like very naturey like we don't want to work too hard (laughs) we want to enjoy our summers so i'd say yeah we're a good blend of both coasts but not to shit on la and california too much but yeah we avoid their wine
0: (laughs) and their produce and And their produce and their food
1: and we try not to visit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but um europe we will we'll drink red wine from europe we avoid white wine it's me me me, me. yeah um if we're gonna drink, I drink a cider alcohol, here and there
0: yeah i go up for tequila I don't yeah know. i just will do i can't really give too much advice on alcohol because i don't really or drink. tell people not to drink but you know obviously you it's have to go good. with how you feel it's maybe good in moderation wines yeah at high altitudes are probably better for you i'm on jack cruz's team on that side yeah that resveratrol stores uv light and you get some health benefits from wines at high altitude when they're harvested there's uv light present still in the environment i think there's something to that
2: yeah
0: um and then the but one last me. thing I
1: would say is coffee.
0: Um, oh, yeah, coffee. We
1: I do decaf coffee. I really actually hate caffeine. I hate the way it makes me feel. I hate the way that I get sweaty and jittery and things. And I still get sweaty and jittery when I have it with butter and when I have it with, like, a fat to help absorb it. So I just don't like the way it makes me feel, so I do decaf. Um, yeah, and really
0: I'm doing decaf to almost get off of, like, Addiction to the caffeine of coffee.
1: Yeah, which I never really had. I'm just addicted Where, to like having I don't know my I'm, warm beverage in the
0: morning. I don't even know if I feel caffeine, but um, having a caffeine in something can cause you to develop an acquired taste for it. I think so. Drinking I mean, it is addictive. Decaf, and I, I think it dehydrates you in ways. It also um, it affects your sleep. Even several like drinking in the morning can affect.
2: Twelve hours. A lot of later. like
0: we might get into it more um, of why I'd be concerned about um, drinking caffeinated coffee as the environment's changing.
2: Yeah,
0: um, but it's also
1: high in deuterium because it is the the flower or the bean. Of the plant.
0: So I would just say stop tricking yourself and telling yourself that it's a health food. Yeah.
1: Like if you're if you're struggling with something, maybe just cut the coffee out for a
0: few weeks and see how it goes. Yeah. Or switch to decaf. I think it's huge. It's yeah. not easy at first, but once you get through the first like two, three weeks, then it's like, oh, you know, I don't even miss
1: yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. For me, it's more of like, ooh, my warm beverage as I'm sitting at my desk and like checking email. You know, I don't, I don't even necessarily. Yeah. But, yeah, that was our diet podcast. Uh, Subscribe on Apple, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Waken Podcast, W-A-K-N Podcast. And let us know what you think. Let us know what's working for you. Let us know... um,
0: it gives me ideas. Well, you're hearing, yeah. yeah, hearing anything, really, or questions yeah. gives it, me ideas of what I should talk It helps steer our
1: conversation. Yeah, because I really questions. don't know
0: what people don't know. Like it's, I, we all. It's strange that, that. <laughs> yeah, I I know all these things and then I forget. Like people are still stuck on,
1: or just starting to discover
0: what a calorie is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's fine. I mean, that's what we're here for, and we're happy to. Share what we have researched and found. But again, we know that we don't know everything. We know that we all know nothing. So, thanks for listening. Um, and tune in next time.
0: Peace. See ya. Bonjour. Au revoir. Au revoir.
1: Bonjour. Hello. Uh, what's bye? Au revoir. Uh, uh, Arrivederci.
0: Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Adios. Ciao. Adios, amigos. Bye, Pepper. Wave, Pepper.
1: She wants dinner. That's why Where's she's like attacking me. She's on my lap. Put
0: her on the table. Bye. Pepper, <laughs> come here.
1: Come here. She's like, no. What am I doing?
0: Come here. Come here. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Our cat dog. Bye.